0: Welcome to Before the Business, a podcast dedicated to telling the origin stories of entrepreneurs. My name is Craig Swiston. To Lisa Rideout, jewellery is a metaphor for the way everything in life is connected. Movement, flow, structure, tension, shape, colour and texture are all facets of a person's life. Lisa expresses these elements in pieces that she designs and makes by hand for people to wear while living life and all its experiences. Through a combination of adapted historical patterns and unique new designs, She blends her love of stones, pearls, and crystals into her sterling silver pieces. Please join me in welcoming Lisa Rideau. Hi Lisa, thanks for doing this for us. What inspired you to get started in this career?
1: I learned how to knit at the age of five and I really became fascinated by that. And then I was a craft kid. I must've done every craft known to man, but all the crafts I did were like rug hooking and needlepoint and crochet and knitting it was a lot to do with string things. Uh, When I got older, I was still knitting, I was still doing crafts, I was still doing stuff. And I really fell in love with the material, not in wire form, just the material itself, just working with metal. And then when I went to jewelry school, which is a full-time day program, they taught us how to take wire and manipulate it. And that was it for me because I saw the possibilities of how I could take all that string knowledge I had and I could apply it to metal.
0: So would you say your experience as a crafter and as a knitter has informed your approach to making jewelry?
1: I sort of have a little thing that I say, anything string is my thing. Anything in wire or string format that for whatever reason, that particular way or the wire or the yarn or the thread or whatever is what fascinates me, is all the different things you can do with it.
0: So at the risk of oversimplifying it, are you actually knitting with metal?
1: So there's a technique, it's called chain mail. It's from very, you know, Celtic times. One of the patterns I do is from the Vikings. It's one of the oldest patterns there is. And there's a reason why they've survived the test of time, because they're fantastic. they are amazing patterns that were developed by the Celts and the Vikings. And so they've survived the test of time. They've been passed down through time. And when I was at school and they just taught us the beginnings of that, nobody was doing chain. Nobody was doing anything to do with chain. And I just went, oh, my God, I could just like there's a whole world here for me to investigate. I could spend the rest of my life doing this. And I would still not come to the end of it, if you know what I mean.
0: So when you say chainmail, I think of King Arthur and, you know, Monty Python's quest for the Holy Grail. Am I on the right track with this?
1: So yes, chainmail is definitely armor, you know, the steel and all that sort of stuff. And I think of that as well. And one of the patterns I actually do is a totally refined down version of that called four-in-one European chainmail. And it's the one that looks like a mesh. I just see that what I do is I take that what I call rough or big or armor-like thing and I just bring it right down So and I turn it into a smaller, finer, pressure, more precious version of that.
0: So how much of your work is inspired by these historic patterns versus maybe an original idea that you've come up that is more modern?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. I would say it's about 50-50 because when I'm doing the historic patterns that I've taught myself how to do, something will occur to me. And so I'll do like a little thing and then I'll put it aside and then I'll come back to it later and I'll investigate it further. Because I'm working with different size rings and they're all, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are round and they're different sizes and different thicknesses. That's how I'm able to sort of put them all together. And then I come up with my own thing. And that also is because I've been a string kid, like I've been a knitter. So it's almost like I can see things and I apply it to the wire.
0: Since you've been operating the business, what are some of the things that you've seen change or evolve?
1: I I'm not as strong as I used to be because I'm not getting any younger and it's very, very, very physical work. And so I need to help help. So my approach has changed that way, but my approach to how I create or the things that I produce has not really changed. It's just my collection has gotten larger because as the years go on, more ideas occur to me and then they end up in my line.
0: I know you use some pieces of specialized equipment to form the rings, which ultimately get woven or or knitted into these uh, chainmail patterns. But have you explored the possibility of working with others, maybe bringing on some interns?
1: I'm a very process-oriented person, and I really love the steps of working with the material and moving things along. And giving that up is, I think, would make me unhappy. As harder as it is on my hands, and I yes, I am getting arthritis in my hands, I don't care. It is a skill. And I have had people come and help me. And it's really, really, really hard to find people that won't overwork the material. It looks tortured, if you ask me, because my big thing is, it's the least number of moves to get where you're going, because that's the wire starts to look mutilated after a while if you don't know what you're doing.
0: So typically, how long does it take to make a piece of jewelry?
1: You know, I get asked that a lot, and it's really, really hard to actually say it takes x amount of time to do this because the way I work, I'll go into the shop, I'll see that I'm out of, of, you know, a bunch of different rings from making jewelry, and I'll sit down for the morning and I will just make rings all morning long. This size, that size, this size over here, and I make like boxes of them. And, uh, and then once that's done, then I, you know, go on to the next you know, part or, or whatever, or I go answer my email or something and take a break. So there's a lot of up and down and a lot of movement in my studio. I'm not very static for very long. And it depends on the complication of the piece, how long it is. Like if you've got a tiny wrist and I only have to do six and a half inches to make your bracelet, that's very different than if I have to make the same bracelet for a gentleman that needs a 10 inch wrist. People ask me that and they want me to say two hours or whatever. And it's really hard to it's really hard to answer that because there's just so much that goes into it.
0: So two hours, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes actually.
0: So how have the pieces of jewelry you've been making changed over time?
1: Oh, there's pieces in my line that I've been making for 30 years. They have never, ever fallen out of my line. They're so popular because it's based on a classic historical technique. That resonates with people. I don't make fashion jewelry. I don't make, you know, two collections a year and things fall in and out of fashion or anything like that. My jewelry is for your life. My jewelry is for you to buy and then you give it to your sister or your niece or your daughter or, or whatever it live. It'll live on long past me being put in the ground with my pliers.
0: So in your career as a jeweler, what have some of the challenges been?
1: Well, it's, it's been a challenge. I mean, I graduated in 1992 when the saying was stay alive till 95. And then um, the next, you know, big thing was the, the dot com boom and bust. And then there was the crash in 2008, which I'll be honest with you, we've never really recovered from. And now we're just coming out of a pandemic. So, you know, (laughs) it's, it's been a challenge, but it's, you know, I love what I do. And, and uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, doing anything else.
0: As a business owner, what have you had to do over the 30 years in those varying economic cycles to make sure that your business is sustainable for the long term?
1: In order to do what I do, or the kind of business I do, which is where you're creative on one side, but yet you have to run a business on the other side. I always tell people that I'm Fifty-one percent business, and I'm forty-nine percent artist. And if it was any other split, if it was the split was the other way, I wouldn't be in business. You really do have to have a business head in order to run a business because there's so many things that you have to do you didn't figure on. You do a lot of pivoting when you're when you run a small business.
0: Do you do any custom or commission work?
1: Um, it depends on the time of year. It depends on what they want. I will happily make them anything in my line in 18 karat yellow gold, no problem. But if you want like, you know, an engagement ring or something like that, it would have to be a certain time of year. It it, it depends on how much time I have because I do produce what we call a production line that I sell right across the country at retail stores. That takes a fair whack of my time uh, to produce enough work to actually have them stocked all the time because it's just me here. There's no little minions running around doing anything here. It's just me. So, you know, you have to take care of everything. You have to wear all the hats, right? So I will take it on, but it, it really does depend on what it is and when it is and all that sort of stuff.
0: Can you maybe describe how people can find your work?
1: I've always sold my work right across the country at sort of finer boutiques and galleries and. Um, and then I have my studio here in Toronto, which I'm sitting in right now and I sell it up here as well. And of course I have my website.
0: So you mentioned the website. Can you maybe give the URL and other ways that people can follow you?
1: Uh, so my website is, uh, Lisa Rideout um, jewelry spelled the Canadian way. So the longest way, J E W E L L E R Y. And it's .ca. And then the only social media thing that I participate in is Instagram. So if you're in Instagram, it's at Lisa Rideout, all one word, uh, lowercase.
0: So what are the kind of marketing or promotional activities do you undertake to, to build and grow your business and the awareness of your work?
1: So next year, I will have been in business 30 years. I started out doing wholesale, which is selling to retail stores, because that's a good way to get your work sort of across the country, and people will discover your name, even though you don't live there. And then I always say that the best advertising is word of mouth. You know, I get clients, and I've had clients for 25, 30 years, they just come back again. And again, I have like a 99% return rate of clients, because what I'm producing is particular that they've been looking for when i graduated i saw there was a gap in the market and so i tried to fill that gap
0: so what keeps you going as a as a business owner
1: uh i would have to say it would be uh when i am tired uh i've been making rings i'm i'm exhausted i go into my office i check my email and i get the nicest email from a client that just Makes your day, you know, whether it's they're saying, Oh, my husband gave me this bracelet of yours three years ago, and I just decided to email you out of the blue today because I've never taken it off and I absolutely love it. That's when you go, Wow, who knew a bracelet could have such an effect on a person's life? You know, so you really do know, like, I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'll never forget, I had a A woman emailed me on Christmas Day and the subject line was, do you have any idea how happy you made me? And then when I opened up the email, it said, have you ever really thought about how many women woke up today, opened their gift, got a piece of your jewelry, and were just like so excited to get this because I'm one of those women. And I, I, I was so touched, I, I started crying because I was just like, oh my God, like for somebody to actually email me on Christmas day and tell me that was just like the best present I could ever get, right?
0: So Lisa, last question for me, you work with a lot of silver, but do you work with other metals? Do you have a favorite?
1: I love all the metals. So I love copper. I love brass. I love bronze. I work with all of them. Um, I do a line of um, knitting accessories. Shocking, I know. For those, some of them I use a combination of brass with silver or copper with silver. I just, I love metal. You know, somebody once told me that you don't find your materials, they find you.
0: So the wand chooses the wizard.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really true. I think that from the first moment I put my hand on a piece of metal, I was like, oh,
0: So we'll leave it there. Thanks again to Lisa Rideout for sharing her origin story with us and teaching us a little bit more about her process and what she does at Lisa Rideout Jewelry. If you like listening to the origin stories of entrepreneurs, please continue to rate, review, and share the podcast with your family and friends. For more origin stories, check out the full collection at beforethebusiness.com.